This is Developer's Journey. My name is Tim Bourguignon. Thanks for joining. Hi, everyone. Welcome to a new podcast, a new episode of Dev Journey. Today, I have Kevin Keller online. Hi, Kevin. Hi. Hi, Tim. Um, how are you doing? I'm doing well, thanks. Yeah. You are in Southeast Asia, right? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. In uh, Manila. In Manila. Great, great. Um, I point this out right out of the bat because it's going to be really important for our discussion today. Um, do you want to say a couple of words um, about yourself, where you come from, etc.? Uh, sure. Um, from the U.S., I uh, grew up in New Jersey, uh, moved down to Texas for a while uh, before I started traveling around, um, kind of got into the digital nomad uh, after I started up a company uh, doing uh, web development services for businesses, and I loved it. It's been, been a great ride. How long has it been? Uh, about two and a half to three years now. Wow. That's uh, do digital nomad thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So that's where the uh, the uh, question about where you are right now uh, was important. Digital nomad. Um, so can you define that uh, for the listeners, please? Uh, sure. I mean, I, I define it pretty loosely. It's uh, anybody who is location independent um, and using the internet uh, as a means or technology as a means to generate income to sustain themselves. Mm-hmm. So if I can rephrase that, you have a day job that you created. It's your own company, right? Mm-hmm. And um, yep. you don't really have a home, or maybe you do, but uh, you're not really uh, often there, right? Uh, well, so, yeah, there's different types of digital nomads. Um, I have friends who bounce around, like, don't have a home. Um, then you have me, who is more like, uh, I have two home bases, kind of, that I bounce between here in the Philippines. Uh, my girlfriend lives here. Mm-hmm. And so I'm back here a lot. Um, or I will be in Tbilisi, Georgia, which is like my second home base of sorts. Okay. And um, you travel at other places as well. Yep, yep. And then everywhere in between, usually. But those are, there's two central spots that I kind of like to call home, in a sense. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah. Okay. Um. And you uh, met people that uh, don't have this kind of homes and just travel around. Yep, yep. <laughs> it takes all sorts of different shapes and uh, sizes. I and mean, there's down to the expats who they move here, they move somewhere, they love it, and they stay. Mm-hmm. Still considered digital nomads, I think, in a sense. Um, but there's others who just bounce everywhere. They're somewhere different every week, <laughs> almost, it seems. Mm-hmm. Um, so the, the digital part of the Nomad is um, because you're working in IT or IT-related stuff, or because you're wo- you're working some kind of remote, or how how should we pick to, um, describe so, that? Yeah, yeah, it could take uh, could take different forms. You could be uh, self-employed, like myself, mm-hmm. uh, work contracts or freelancing, or you could be someone uh, who has a full-time job. Uh, they're just working remotely. If you're working for uh, usually a tech company or uh, more progressive companies will have full-time employees that they just say, you don't have to come into the office, just work where you want. Um, and there's people who do that too. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. <laughs> um, so how, how did you um, come up to trying this lifestyle? Uh, so I started out in mid-2014 uh, at Hacker Paradise, which was like a retreat for 
programmers and developers to kind of just three months. We just got together in Costa Rica, flew down. We were just uh, working on projects, growing our skills, and it was a great time. Mm-hmm. Um, at the time, I was working full time for a programming com- uh, as a programming job for a company, and I convinced them to let me go down to Costa Rica and work remotely. Okay. Uh, partway through the uh, retreat, I got a job working uh, with an NGO in Africa. Mm-hmm. So after the retreat, I went to Cameroon, Africa, for about three months. Worked in the rainforest. Uh, it was an awesome startup. Uh, Rainforest Connection. Mm-hmm. And after that contract ended, I decided, well, you know, I really don't want to stop traveling. I'm enjoying this. So I had happened to have gotten freelance contracts at the time and kept decided to keep doing the freelance thing and built it up, a uh, company around it. Uh, yeah, just kind of grew into itself, into a, its own, uh, took on a life of its own, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um- is there something something special um, that you have to do to get really um, um, remote jobs only, or those kind of, of freelancing jobs that you are only on the remote side, or uh, yeah, you don't have to be uh, on the location? I mean, it, it's it's a complete um, um, foreign to me. I've been only um, on the on the spot uh, jobs. I mean, I'm mostly coaching stuff, doing coaching and, and scrum mastering and stuff like this. So you have to be really in contact with people. That might be explaining why. But um, it's a it's a it's a concept that's completely foreign to me. So how do you how do you get that kind of jobs? Um, it's a conscious choice, I think. Uh, if you're not looking for a job that's remote, you probably won't find them because they are the minority of jobs. Uh, mm-hmm. Still, you know, most employers are not, you know, rushing out to start the remote thing. Uh, but If you are consciously looking for it, there's a couple jobs, uh, boards that are created just for remote jobs. Um, mm-hmm. I think remoteok.com is one of them. Uh, but yeah, so it's, there's job boards like that where you can get full-time jobs or, um, for me, it was reaching out through past, uh, uh, employers and clients to, Kind of, it took a while too for people to warm up to the idea. It's gotten easier, I think, as time has gone on. Mm-hmm. Um, clients are more open to working with developers or contractors remotely. Um, the first year or so, though, I noticed it was definitely harder to be like, "What remote? Oh, okay, you're not going to come into the office? No, 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 I'm not going to come to the office." <laughs> <laughs> okay. Um, are there still some kind of of um, of um, how do you call that resistances? Um, so people uh, reactive, reacting negatively about it, and you have to to explain them. And what what are the biggest fears when you when or, or are you only getting people that already um, jump on the on the remote bandwagon? Uh, I think the the prejudices, I guess you could call it, or the the fears that they have are they're they're the same, I guess, in some ways as if you were working in person. Uh, so you know, a contractor is going to disappear on you. You know, they'll. Uh, it's more likely that they'll disappear if they're just an email away instead of, uh, you know, around the corner in the office. Mm-hmm. So that's here. Um, and I think there's still some kind of a stigma uh, surrounding uh, remote work in a sense that I know for U.S.-centric companies, we think of remote work as like outsourcing it to India or some other uh giant IT firm where your quality of service might be lower um, versus working with 
uh, developers who are really passionate and they're they're looking to to deliver great products to them. Um, mm-hmm. So there's, there's some there's still some stigmas stigmas, but uh, I think it's I think there's a, we're seeing a shift uh, away from that a little bit. Hopefully, mm-hmm. <laughs> is there something you can do as a remote worker to uh, address those fears? Um, for me, it's been, uh, just being very available to my clients. Um, cause the biggest fear that I've still come, uh, up against is the time zone differences. They're like, well, you're in, you're in Southeast Asia, you're in, you know, Europe, you're wherever. Most of my clients are in the U S. Um, so it's like, we can't get you on the phone or so I, I try to make myself available and be as flexible as possible to accommodate them, um, provide great service to them. Um, but yeah, just, I think, uh, for me, at least I found getting on the phone with them, getting on a Skype call with them, just trying to be as present and available, uh, so they don't notice as much of a difference, you know, um, even if it's, uh, setting up an email, uh, autoresponder or something saying, Hey, you know, thank you for your email. I'll get back to you in X hours or something just that they know that they got it and you're, you're thinking about them. Um, mm-hmm. So it's not only long hours and uh, night shifts um, to to uh, juggle with the time difference. Um, it's yes. some, kind, some 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 small tricks just to uh, to make your availability uh, visible and present. Yep, and it's a trade-off. Um, so like while I can, most of my clients are asleep around by like you know lunchtime or so around here. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I can head out to the beach. I can you know go to the mall. I can do whatever. Um, but with that in mind, there are nights, you know, 12 o'clock, one o'clock in the morning where I know I have to pick up the phone and I have to be awake mm-hmm. for, uh, for a conference call on the East coast. Um, so it's a trade off, but I do like the freedom. The freedom I think for me is why I do it. Mm-hmm. Um, you were, um, so you said you have a, a girlfriend in, in, uh, in the Philippines, uh, yep. working there. Um, it's. Not yet a family, I would say. Well, with kids and everything. Have you seen um, people doing this this lifestyle with families? How how does that work out? I, I have not personally met anybody uh, doing it with family, other than you know seeing a blog, uh, a couple of bloggers that have that have done it. But no, I have, I have not met anybody personally. I'm not sure how that would factor in. Once I have a family, um, I'm pretty sure I've become a little more stationary. <laughs> but yeah, we'll see. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Mm-hmm. Well, I saw I saw a report from uh, Rob Connery, um, one of the um, um, or oh, the founder of uh, TechPub, was it? I think. Well, okay. He he traveled through Europe and the whole world um, with his family, um, but oh. it was mostly him working and the family having a big giant vacation <laughs> or homeschooling for the for the, the his daughters, I think. But it's still something that that bugs me. I would love to do this, but I have, we have two kids right now and. Uh, it kind of starts being a bit harder to organize, so it's it's a jump in the uh, in the ocean, and I think we're not ready to make right now. <laughs> it's it's weird, but I really admire it. Um, what did I wanted to ask you? Yeah, um, you touch a bit on on this. So, so this is um, this this lifestyle started when you were in Cameroon, or when you um, stopped working in Cameroon, and you said, "Well, I want to continue this." Um, how did you realize that this was your thing? Um, 
I mean, mm-hmm. this could have been working for this rainforest um, uh, company, or it could have been something else. How did you realize this is the the thing I am I love about it? Um, well, for me, uh, I think it was. Uh, I mean, being in rural Africa, uh, West Africa, was like uh, earth shattering as far as like my conceptions of. Uh, third world of poverty and and it was it was a very interesting uh life changing experience um but so for me uh getting to experience cultures and uh the people and the places and just having the freedom to be able to direct uh where I wanted to live and how I wanted to set my life up um were kind of the big driving factors for me which is which influenced my decision to uh, try to keep doing the freelancing thing and uh, keep keep going. Mm-hmm. So where where did you go from there? What are the, uh, the key places you stopped at? Oh, it's, uh, I was in France for a couple months and then went to Morocco for a month, bounced over to Thailand for a while, and then went to Vietnam, Japan, back to Vietnam. I went back to the U.S. to Austin for a couple months, uh, Canada, Mexico, Colombia, um, goodness, uh, <laughs> trying to reach out here, yeah, all over the place, um, and then Georgia, mostly, for this year, it's been Georgia and the Philippines. Mm-hmm. Um, is there, in uh, this list of, of, of countries, uh, one you would say, this is a great um, place to start this um, lifestyle? It's an maybe easier, or maybe you have uh, um, less problems with the um, not with the culture, but with the infrastructure, or some some place that might be more um, um, easy to get warmed up with the with the idea. Yeah. Okay. So there's a lot of considerations that go into traveling to a place. For me, at least, um, I know uh, I'm always thinking about the internet. <laughs> It's mm-hmm. the how available is the Wi-Fi and wherever I'm going. Um, That's a big thing. Uh, infrastructure support is good too. Um, so I think a couple of the easy places to get started. Um, for me, I loved Vietnam. Uh, great internet, uh, good food. Food's an important thing. It's the other reason why I travel. Uh, <laughs> good food and um, fairly easy visa process for most countries for a month to three months worth of a visa. Um, mm-hmm. That's in a, Europe, I'm sorry. Sir. No, that's, that's a really important point. We um, quite often forget that you have to get a visa. Um, yeah. <laughs> sorry, I got you. You were saying about Europe. Uh, Europe. Um, let's see, I liked I liked France a lot, um, but I found that the Wi-Fi wasn't as as uh, available as I'd hoped. Mm-hmm. Um, but. Uh, It's, yeah, it just comes down to how easy, how available are things like Airbnb. Is, is Airbnb there? Is Uber and Airbnb are there? I know I can get from the airport to, to my Airbnb, mm-hmm. you know, no problems. There's the, the days of, you know, worrying about, uh, you know, shady taxi drivers are kind of a thing of the past. If you just push your, the Uber button and you're off, you know, you've got to trust the driver mm-hmm. and, so technology has helped a lot of things as it's come along. Um, but yeah, uh, Wi-Fi is really the big concern. Um, but Georgia, Georgia's got good Wi-Fi. 
pretty good Wi-Fi. Um, it's very convenient. That's why I like it. Yeah, but Vietnam, Vietnam's a good starting place, I think. If you're, if you want to go to Southeast Asia, I'd say Vietnam. Mm -hmm. Um, do you know any people that started, um, actually, um, from their hometown, I would say, or almost, um, working remotely? So not leaving the, the, um, uh, foreign country lifestyle, but still the mm -hmm. remote, um, Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. And they count as digital nomads too. Um, <laughs> they're just, uh, just not no travel aspect. Yep. I have mm -hmm. friends who do that. Is this something you would, uh, you would uh, encourage to start, um, getting the hick of it? Yeah, absolutely. Um, especially if you're, if you're looking to freelance or start a side hustle of, of some sort, um, you know, while you have a job still, that's, that's perfect. I couldn't think of a, a better way. Um, To do it, yeah. Mm -hmm. Okay. Um, in the, um, I read the book uh, Remote from um, David Heinemeier Hansen and uh, Jason Fried um, last year. Uh, have you read that, read that one? I have not. No. No. It's from the guys who wrote um, uh, wrote the book Rework from 37 Signals or Basecamp. Maybe you know them. Um, what's his name? So uh, they they wrote this this book about uh, they have a company with something like forty um, forty employees and twenty five locations. So most of them are, I think they have thirteen people in Chicago and the rest all over the world. And so they they wrote this book about um, about remote work. And in there they say something like um, if I can get this uh, right again, um, a good remote worker is a good worker. Um, but the opposite is not necessarily um, right. So somebody that is used to working remotely um, is used to very um, to a very clear style of communication, um, being very explicit about what they want to communicate, um, and all the things that you have to do when you're not in person, when you don't have, um, when you maybe have uh, asynchronous communication, and when you have um, time delays, etc. And yeah. the opposite is not necessarily different, uh, necessarily uh, true. But what puzzles me is how do you come to being a good remote worker? Um, it's great if you are one, but if you're not, what what is important to um, to be able to do this um, at all? Um. So again, like they mentioned, yeah, definitely being uh, concise and being able to convey what you're thinking, what you need. Uh, when working with team members or with clients, uh, over email or, or Slack or whatever it is that you're using is incredibly important. Um, because having bad communication could drag a project on for, you know, days or weeks longer than it needs to just because it's so much back and forth. Um, mm -hmm. so I think maybe having a required course in like effective technical communication is a good, uh, starting point for being a remote worker. Um, mm -hmm. But, um, but yeah, I found things like, uh, I, shifting away from paragraph text, shifting to bulleted lists to things like, how can I convey this as succinctly and, uh, clearly as possible, um, to clients, to, to other developers that I'm working with. Yeah. Um, and other than that, uh, just adaptability, I think, uh, working remotely, You have to have a contingency plan in place. So if I'm in the middle of a project and the Wi-Fi uh, internet goes down at my house, uh, what's my backup plan? Um, so uh, I, unlike if I'm at a company, you know, it's the company's uh, 
problem to take care of. Mm-hmm. But when you're at home or, you know, in a cafe, you know, or here in Manila, when it rains, the internet sometimes goes out. So <laughs> you have to have a backup plan. Um, whether that's like tethering to your cell phone and just working off the, the LTE network or something, it's mm-hmm. great. You just have to have uh, backup plans for things, I think. Okay, what do you do when uh, the internet goes down in Manila because it's raining? I <laughs> uh, hey, no. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, the LTE connection uh, is a lifesaver sometimes. Um, mm-hmm. If I can't get a quick... Uh, usually I have one or two coffee shops that I know in the area that have good Wi-Fi. I can run down to there and keep working. Uh, but usually it's switch on the LTE network and work for half an hour after that before, you know, it comes back, hopefully. <laughs> I never think about this. <laughs> that's, a, that's a great point. That's a great point. Um, okay. Um, did you try all the things? I mean, um, other, I want to say crazy things, but it's not. Cra- it's just crazy from my point of view, not from yours. <laughs> How can you... Um, uh, relate to that i don't know um some unconventional way of working have you tried all the things like this um i haven't i've been pretty uh, like I, i found what works for me um usually i have um my morning will be uh out at a coffee shop or you know until about lunch i'll work from a coffee shop and then i'll be back home uh take some emails and maybe some calls in the afternoon and just relax. And then in the evening, everything ramps back up again as the East coast wakes up. Um, mm-hmm. But no, for the most part, I, it's been pretty, it's been uh, the, the work I do and how I work hasn't really changed. The location changed. Um, but other than that, it's, it's the same as just about any, any other kind of job or work, I guess. I mean, <laughs> Mm-hmm. And how do you um, manage to to um, create a relationship with your colleagues, or do you? Um, so for me, it's been important to uh, stay in touch with other digital nomads. Um, usually, if I'm somewhere where there's a lot of digital digital yeah, digital nomads, um, I will reach out. Uh, there's a Slack channel we have with like I think. 500 or so, or I don't even know what it's at now, three thousand of us, I guess. Um, and you just reach out to people in X country and Hey, yeah, sure. I got, I got, uh, I'm here. What's, what's, uh, you know, you can find out where the good spots are. Where's the good Wi-Fi? Where's the good cafes? Uh, what good bars are there? Um, so it's, it's been helpful to stay connected to a community of a community of people who don't really have a home. Is, <laughs> mm-hmm. Um, did you reach out to some co-working space or um, I guess that's how they're called? Yeah, yeah. Co-working spaces. I've had hit or misses with co-working spaces. So by and large, I tend not to use them um, just because for me, I like the variety that comes with shuffling it up a little bit. So I'll go to different cafes and I love coffee. So exploring the city that I'm in and seeing different coffee shops, that, that's part of what I enjoy. So, um, but there is something to be said about working from the co-working space. It gives you a the same desk every day. You can focus and freeze up a little bit of mental space to just get work done. Mm-hmm. 
um, I was also uh, hinting at the um, the meeting likewise people that uh, are probably doing the same thing, just not on Slack, but uh, in real uh, in real life, I would say. Yeah, yeah, no, absolutely. That that's that's that is a huge draw to co-working spaces. Um, of course, I found if the city you're in is either small enough or b there's enough digital nomads in the area, you can almost always find one of them at a coffee shop too. Um, <laughs> the people hunched over their laptop, uh, staring intently at the screen. Um, <laughs> is that how you uh, you um, um, recognize each other? Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Everyone else is yeah, relaxing, sipping a coffee, reading a book. You see a couple of people like mm-hmm. <laughs> staring at the screen, clearly working. <laughs> okay. Um is this something you think you can um do for a long time? Is this something also we we touch a bit on the family side, but um if this was not a, a, a problem in the future, do you think you can or you will do that um as long as you can? Uh-huh. Man, that's a difficult question, and that is one I really struggled with uh, this last year or so. Um, so to backtrack a little bit, when I first started the whole digital nomad traveling around, I you know loved it. Um, it was so cool and exciting seeing all these new places. But now, almost three years in, I'm slowing down. I'm traveling less. And my thoughts are I will probably slowly stop traveling as much and pick a spot and then go out from there and come back. Um, just because you, you do lose a lot of time uh, in traveling itself and the time zone adjustments and everything else that comes with uh, traveling, it can get tiring. Um, so for me, for me personally, I see myself as probably slowing down uh, over the next year or so. Mm-hmm. But that's not to say it can't be done, because um, I know people who are doing this for you know longer than I have, and they're still going at it. So it's very, a very much a personal uh, choice, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, I want you to, uh, I want to ask another question, then a bit, uh, a bit tricky one. Um, I will formulate it explicitly, explicitly in this way. Um, is this um, a single male stuff? I'm sorry. Is it a single single male um, way of leaving? So um, no, I I, yeah, I would I would say no to that. Um, I've met plenty of single females or couples who are doing this. Um, I I think predominantly it tends to be single male. Uh, if you were to sample the population, I think you would probably see more single males. Yes, um, but I would. Uh, be strongly against the statement that it is only for single males because uh, I've met so many bright uh, young women who are doing this um, and couples who are doing this together as a lifestyle thing so I think it's it's for everyone who wants it who wants it mm-hmm. okay well, that was a trick question <laughs> <laughs> um, what can I ask um, did you learn anything special out of this, what you maybe didn't expect? Um, I found out that I can adapt to a lot more than I thought I could. Um, so uh, living in the third world kind of gives you a different 
perspective on some things and, and, and you realize kind of what you take for granted or what you took for granted, um, living back home in uh, a Western country, let's say, um, mm-hmm. things like hot water are like, <laughs> or electricity doesn't go out every so often. Um, okay. but, no, uh, yeah, but adaptability, I think is the one thing that I really learned, uh, how to just, and how to not get so upset when something doesn't go the way you planned. Um, because there are, it will <laughs> invariably, it will not go the way you planned. Uh, so yeah, just how to let things go. And I, I find I, I let things go a lot, a lot more. Mm-hmm. Um, another question. I'm, I'm going all over the places with those questions. <laughs> um, you said you, your clients are mostly in the, in the U S but have you worked with, um, locals? Um, so I think you, you started with the, uh, with an NGO, this uh, rainforest, um, um, connections, yep. connections. Yeah. Sorry. Um, this is an NGO, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. So you started more in the uh, on the the NGO and social social side. So are you are you still um, active in the space, um, either in the US or um, locally when you when you travel somewhere and you get mis- mixed up with the uh, communities or something like this? Um, not uh, as far as clients go. No, I haven't really focused on the local communities, and that's and partially that's because I've traveled a lot. Um, I think. Given like the next year or two, if I start settling down in, say, Georgia or in Taipei or here in Manila more, it becomes much more feasible and easy to to build those connections and maybe start getting clients in a local community. Um, but if you're when you're when you're here for you know a month or you're here for a couple of weeks in a place, it's it's hard to really make those connections that you need. Um, But, uh, yeah, no, uh, that, that's, that's, that's the long and short of it. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, um, uh, on the non-client, um, side, so user groups or, or meetups or something like this, have you been, uh, meetup, meetups have been great. Yeah. Meetups have been really helpful to meet like-minded people and, uh, yeah, and connect with locals and yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. And how is it from the, uh, from the technology uh, side of things, um, so I heard from a, from a, another a digital nomad that was um, her big eye opener, uh, meaning um, she had this this European centric point of view, saying, "Well, you have the U.S. that is driving um, the USA, driving the, the the technology sides of the Silicon Valley, and the rest of the world is some lagging behind, and so um, Europe might be might be lagging a little bit, and maybe Southeast Asia Asia should be um, lagging a bit more." And that was her big eye opener when she arrived there and lived uh, for three or four months over there, I said, well, they're not lagging at all. They are exactly like um, in Europe, and which is exactly like in the Silicon Valley. Um, yep. And her eye-opener was working with communities there, so really helping with locals um, create startups and doing some uh, some web um, um, web development and realizing we're all a big family now. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, That that yeah, I would agree with that sentiment. Yeah, it it they are just as driven, just as uh, as yeah, the the startup scenes in places around the world are just as uh, as hungry to go out and create something new and to to build new products to better their own their own local communities and stuff. Yeah, I, I would totally agree with that. Mm-hmm. That's fascinating. <laughs> I'm not sure we'll have the opportunity to do that someday, but uh, if I do, oh boy, I will jump on it. That that ought to be great. Um, well, um, we kind of reached the end of our time box. 
Um, okay. As a last question, and maybe uh, that can uh, be your plug for uh, afterward, where does the name of your company come from? Uh, so uh, the company is uh, organized under a, a U.S. company, uh, Grumpy Goat Studio, and mm -hmm. uh, that was just kind of me sitting at a desk uh, staring angrily at the goats outside my window at the time who were not <laughs> stopped, uh, bleeding. <laughs> so. I was quite grump quite grumpy at them and uh they were goats so it stuck. Um it was <laughs> it was a cute name and uh, it stuck. So okay. That's a cool story. That's a cool story. Yeah. Um okay, is there anything you want to uh, to plug where you're going to be next or um I don't know if you're doing public speaking, if you have uh, engagements in the future or something like this? Uh yeah, sure actually. Uh we are working on a small startup in Tbilisi, Georgia at the moment, um called Nomad Launchpad. Uh and the aim of this uh startup will be to be uh a community of uh developers and entrepreneurs who want to become digital nomads. Uh so if you're thinking about doing a startup and you want to be a digital nomad, uh the the goal of this program would be to get you in, get some consultations with business advisors, tax attorneys, and uh, have just a community of like-minded people to grow your startup, get started the right way, get your taxes and your structuring and all that stuff done, basically avoid all the mistakes that I've made uh, <laughs> the last three years. Um, yeah, so that's, that's kind of that's the, the big project we're working on right now. Okay. Is there a, a web page already up? Uh, yeah, it's uh, nomadlaunchpad.com. Okay, I'll add that to the show notes as well. Yep. Well, um, anything to add to the discussion? Uh, no, I just encourage everybody to uh, give digital nomading a try, and uh, it's, a, it's a heck of a lot of fun. <laughs> <laughs> I believe you on that. I believe you on that. Well, Kevin, um, thank you very much for joining um, this morning, and um, I hope you have great fun in your uh, travel, or not so much travel, maybe next year. We will see. Okay, thank you so much for having me. <laughs>